Hey, everybody. I mean, hey, Justin. Yo. I'm only talking to you, buddy. What's going on? Not a whole lot. Just uh, excited to be back behind the mic and disappointed in my Celtics. So I'm hoping that by the time this comes out, uh, I'll have only good things to say about them. But right now we're down 3-2. And uh, after this and how the Bruins season ended, I just keep thinking we had UConn. Whatever else happens this year, I can't be mad <laughs> because UConn won. So whatever, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> yeah, right now I'm just like stressing over that. But yeah, it was. It wasn't the only thing I got to watch this weekend. Was the Celtics lose? So uh, yeah. Well, we'll get into that. But quick aside about sports. I mean, it is tough for us growing up. We had you know the Sox and the Pats and all of our favorite teams uh, basically winning all the time. So it is rough in the Van Patella household when a uh, you know a team we root for doesn't win the title. And uh, actually, speaking of the NBA, there was a little bit of discord in the NBA. Uh, sorry, it related to the NBA in the Van Patella household last year because I am the lone Warriors fan in the house, and everybody else roots for the Celtics. Yeah, and I see the look on your face of just utter disgust. But it's we're not going to get into that. Uh, just unashamed bandwagoner, and that's okay. <laughs> you know, you admit it. Listen, but listen, still. we don't have to get into it, but. Um, yeah, I mean, both of our teams are facing elimination right now. As we're recording yeah. this, there's about an hour and a half until the Warriors-Lakers uh, game five starts tonight. And by, you know, later this evening, or at least, you know, by this time tomorrow night, both our teams could be eliminated. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I would love to see a Warriors-Celtics rematch. Uh, yeah. That was a great finals last year. And I think both teams have a lot to prove for the remainder of this year, but it's, it's looking slim for both of them. So yep. we'll see what happens. Yep. But yep. The only good thing will be if they do lose, then our vacation next week, is just going to be super relaxed because we're not going to have to stress about watching the games. <laughs> if uh, we'll be able to go to bed early or just watch movies or whatever, not have to stress about, you know, that's true. Catching the games or anything like that. But I'm hoping that yeah, we fortunate for us, Fortunate for us, our vacation week is on an off week for our recording session, so we're not actually going to miss any uh, slots for what we had. I mean, we didn't have anything scheduled aside from you know time to to set aside and chat, but we're not missing any any weeks, so we should be able to keep up our our recording pace, which actually has been going pretty well this year so far. I I have to say I I like the uh, consistency we've been putting forward, even doing some extra side projects with our NBA. <laughs> commentary so oh it's great we got some more for you today though today we're going to be talking about the newly released uh guardians of the galaxy volume three which as of recording uh just came out six days ago six and days already Jeez, may is yeah, just whipping by dude dude oh you're telling gosh. me it's about to be your birthday soon oh that's, on I vacation guess so. yeah this will be the yeah. the let me see fifth fourth fourth out of five birthdays that i'll be traveling on my birthday or fifth out nice. of six something like that because this year we'll be in puerto rico so we'll be flying out last year we were in utah the year before i was in south africa uh the year before i was here and the year before i was flying home from singapore so four out of five years i'll have not been home and been traveling on my birthday He's a world traveler <laughs> i know next Look year i go. gotta find somewhere fun to be too you know if i'm home i just yeah. don't know what to do with myself yeah well, 
it will be a fun trip, but we'll worry about next week, next week. Yeah. And right now we're going to worry about the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because there's a lot to say about this movie. And first off, just initial kind of vibe about this movie. I loved it. And I imagine you'll say a lot of similar things to me because that's normally how these things go. But man, I love this movie. I feel like it was a complete home run for Marvel and James Gunn in particular, who... You know, we talked about him uh, last episode as we were pitching some uh, DC heroes or, or characters for him to utilize in his takeover of the DC E2 uh, or DCE New, as you called it, both ways. And man, this movie was was just a blast, and it really solidified my faith in James Gunn to not only you know produce and direct good movies himself but to be at the head of the entire dc universe and i don't want to you know talk about that too much because that's a you know a whole different thing um but man this movie was a total home run for marvel and it feels like it's been a while since they've had one like that i feel like spider-man was probably the last uh, spider-man no way home was was the last like universally enjoyed flick that marvel's put out um not that there haven't been things to enjoy in each of their last uh, entries but this to me just felt like a fitting conclusion to the guardians trilogy you know we're not gonna i'm sure we're gonna see some of these characters again but we're obviously not seeing the you know spoilers obviously get that out of the way i mean we're gonna talk about everything in this movie but we're not gonna see the original guardians team together again after this movie which is you know bittersweet but they've all gone their separate ways they all survived i'm not really which convinced is amazing. Of that. we're definitely going to see them together again even if it's in like a bigger team up they, they're not going to have a movie that's just focused on them again but there's no way we're not going to see all or most of them together again like that's just going to happen well, i certainly hope so because yeah all these characters are great um one of the things I really liked about this movie is how everybody had their own time to shine. I feel like in a lot of Guardians movies and, you know, in Infinity War and Endgame where they were present, mostly Infinity War because they're all except Nebula are like dust in uh, in Endgame. But the team has had specific members really take a back seat or just be com- comic relief the entire time and not really have anything to do story-wise. Um, but this movie kind of flipped that on its head and I felt like every single member of the team had played a vital role and really, you know, the movie couldn't have been, you know, the, the, the story, the plot couldn't have been accomplished without every single one of them contributing in their own way. And I haven't felt that way about the Guardians team since it was, you know, the original, original team, uh, back in Guardians 1. So yeah, this movie was a slam dunk home run. Uh, a lot of sports metaphors I'm throwing out. I'm, you know, as a boom shaka. It was a goal. <laughs> yeah, boom goes the dynamite. Um, but yeah, this movie was great. Easily the best entry since No Way Home. And honestly, the more I've thought about it, I think this might be better than No Way Home. Mm. Kind of. Mm. I mean, No Way Home has such a great nostalgia factor with the two Spider Men, uh, showing back up, and. There's just so much to love about that movie, but I think this Guardians movie is probably 
a better like it's a tighter movie a tighter story overall and mm-hmm. i think there i i've been trying to figure out where i'm going to rank this in my in in my list and we'll eventually have to update our, our rankings yeah. after we went through all of them uh we'll probably do it at the end of this year as we include everything that has come out since our last ranking but yeah uh this this movie is like easily top 10 for me and i think might be creeping towards top five territory which is kind of crazy to me to say out loud given what heavy hitters are in the top 10 and top five but wow yeah this movie is fantastic did you did you see this once or twice just I've seen it once. Okay. I was planning to get out to see it a second time, but I haven't been able to okay. uh, to get the time to do so, yeah. unfortunately. So okay, yeah, I also just saw it the one time, just once. But you would have been more likely to see it twice than I would. So yeah, yeah. and this is not like a, I haven't seen it twice. I mean, I feel like it comes up every video or every <laughs> every video, every uh, pod that we do where we talk about this movie. But it's not like a Thor: Love and Thunder scenario where I just didn't want to see it a second time. Uh, I do want to see this repeatedly in theaters. I just have not been able to to get out to a, a second showing at this point. But yeah, top ten creeping top five territory for me. Yeah, uh, honestly, I haven't even thought about where it sits overall. Um, I've more just been thinking about it uh, relative to the last few movies, pretty much since Endgame, like all of Phase Four and here the beginning of Phase Five. I guess this is technically the second movie in Phase Five, right? Because Quantumania kicked it off. I don't know if, I guess the um, the holiday special was probably technically the first thing in phase five, um, but obviously not a movie. So um, yeah, I, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go as wild as saying this is going to be near top five for me. Like this is a good movie, but it's not, not really near top five, um, but it was so, so good uh, regardless. And that's not a knock on this movie at all. It's more just how good the peak MCU was. Um, and this this was the first movie that just like felt like old time quality MCU, like what we had come to expect between 2014 and 2017, right? When they, when they were just knocking out of the park, not every single movie, right? There were some, some missteps or some not duds, but kind of mediocre movies in there. Um, But like, it was just hitter after hitter after hitter. And this was the first movie that felt like it could have slid in along at that time not from a plot perspective, but just from a quality of movie perspective, just an entertainment value, um, like compared to all of the movies pretty much that have come out, maybe with the exception of No Way Home. Um, because it's just, it's so many times recently that I've walked out of an MCU movie and I'm either trying to find a reason to justify liking it or I'm like feeling as if I should have liked it more, but I'm kind of just walking out like, eh, or... Like I, it just it they feel so processed now, um, like they they don't have their own unique flavor to them or anything like that. Like even Ant Man, everything that was unique about Ant Man, right? His his buddies, <laughs> like telling the stories and having the the crazy side characters and like mm-hmm. Paul Rudd being able to like interact with real life size objects being super tiny, like none of that happens in Quantumania and it's just like generic CGI fest with some humor that all the characters now in the MCU have the exact same humor. So it's not even like that's unique to Paul Rudd anymore. Like you just walk out of it and it's like, yeah, it was entertaining, but it's just so you you don't feel anything leaving it. Um, And so it was so refreshing to see guardians three 
and actually like walk out like excited to like talk about it and excited to want to rewatch it again and actually feeling as if it has a unique brand within the MCU still like the Guardians do and this movie is unique enough and stands out enough to like carve out a place for itself in the MCU not as just a gen- another you know generic factory made you know next thing on the assembly line type of movie um you can tell that James Gunn and everyone involved in this movie like cared a lot about about the movie and about the story um and it's just a level of quality that hasn't been seen in quite a while in the MCU. And so it was just really refreshing. And even we both liked Wakanda Forever. Um, I definitely like this more than Wakanda Forever. And part of that is like Wakanda Forever was was a solid movie, but also had so much like emotional weight behind it with Chadwick Boseman's passing. And it was so carried by that, um, that it was hard to like just enjoy as a, as a movie you know um like it brought a lot of emotions and things like that but it's not like i was rushing to go and just see it again out of a pure entertainment factor um and this one guardians 3 had a ton of heavy moments obviously not based in like a real person real actors passing or anything like that but like in in universe a ton of super heavy stuff but it still just brought that entertainment factor that i'm like man i just had a big smile on my face for half the movie and i like walked out of the theater and I was like, man, if I had another ticket for right now, I would happily walk back in and watch it this instant oh, type yeah. of thing. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, uh, you know, it was like 10.30 at night, so maybe on a, on a Sunday, so might have regretted it on Monday morning, but, you know. Hey, my showing was at 10 o'clock. I got out at like almost, you know, nearly one, and I was like, yeah, I'm ready to go again. Oh my let gosh. me <laughs> let me back in there. I'll, I'll see another showing right <laughs> let now. Let me in, let me in. <laughs> exactly i was eric andre at the (laughs) theater but uh yeah no i totally get what you're saying this is a movie that i just walked out of feeling like all right you know despite some recent stumbles like the mcu like they still got it and i don't know if you know maybe that's more james gunn than marvel at this point because i mean he's i know that for a lot of people uh the second guardians is kind of a swing and a miss Uh, i personally really enjoy the second guardians and i said this during our ranking list uh, I put it way higher than you did. And I just think that movie is very underrated. I will admit it's the weakest of the three after seeing, you know, volume three. Um, but, I mean, James Gunn has a hit on, like, everything he's produced, uh, you know, including, like, the Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker series for uh, DC. So I I don't know if it's more of a, a statement on his abilities or Marvel-like understanding that he can do a good job and just letting him have the reins as opposed to, you know, um, kind of corralling other directors who they want to fit into a mold. Um, but man, like this is the first Marvel movie that I walked out of since, since no way home when I was where I was like, Oh, right. This, this was great. Um, because yeah, Wakanda forever was, was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, with the, you know, heavy emotion that, you know, permeates that movie and especially punctuates it at the end um, with the reveal of, you know, T'Challa Jr. Man, you just feel Chadwick Boseman's um, absence heavily throughout that movie. And it doesn't leave you like, it didn't leave me like 
feeling like it was a bad movie because he wasn't there. But it left me wanting him to have been there because it would have been such a better movie if he had returned or been able to return for the sequel. Um, yeah, this 100%. movie, uh, Volume Three, is another very emotional movie through and through. Like the the all the flashback rocket scenes, um, the scenes where you know a member of the, of the Guardians like family is injured. And they refuse to to give up on their family member to get them to safety or to you know get them the help they need is really really well done, and you know there's no shortage of emotional moments in this movie, um, but it was more like a bittersweet emotional finale for this movie as opposed to just like a heart wrenching realism of Wakanda Forever mm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it totally makes um, sense. Like feeling the you know the emotional pain of you know a uh, a fictional animated like raccoon is definitely something that you know I don't think a lot of people would have anticipated coming into this movie maybe because of the marketing that it kind of tipped them off that it was going to be heavily featuring Rocket but um, I mean it's a totally other thing to like actually be mourning the death of a mm-hmm. you know an actor yeah. Um, and you know, for the cast of Wakanda Forever, like the, the death of a friend and loss of uh, mm-hmm. somebody they really knew, and you can tell that in their performances, like they're not just mourning T'Challa, they're mourning Chadwick, yeah. um, and you know that is it, it, there's just a whole different, like sphere of emotion that goes into this movie where you do feel for the characters and the emotional beats are hit properly, um, you feel the tension and the heartbreak and the you know, the loss and the guilt that all these characters are feeling. But it just it's not the same as mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever. And so for a movie to um, feel as emotional as Volume 3 did without, you know, me having to walk out of the theater and then be like, man, you know, I can't believe, like, Chris Pratt actually died in real life mm-hmm. and this was his last, like, movie ever, yeah. you know? I think, I mean, I'm, I'm saying things I like about both movies, but I think what it led to is me walking out of the theater for this one and being like, damn, that was a good movie. Yeah. A really good movie. Re- like it made me feel things during watching. And, you know, the, I've been thinking about this movie like all week because it just <laughs> is so good. <laughs> I can tell. Yeah. But man, I really enjoyed this movie. If you can't tell already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I can tell just in your voice, but uh yeah no it was just so good there's so much to like about it um it was really emotional which i'd heard rumblings that it was like emotion super emotional beforehand right like that was kind of some of the advertising and as much as i tried to avoid advertising in trailers which i avoided like you still see the occasional like facebook ad pop up that says like the most emotional most emotional marvel movie yet and it's like well can't really avoid seeing that and this whole time i was just expecting at least one person to die if not half the team right i was like maybe one or two people will retire one or two people will die and then a couple people will hang around to continue the guardians with adam warlock and you know whoever um and uh no nobody died steve what what did you think about that were you surprised were you like are you happy that nobody died what like what are your thoughts Hmm. on that yeah that's a good question i I think that I'm glad that nobody died because you never want to see some of your favorite characters like die, mm-hmm. right? Um, I will say that 
the fake out deaths, I think were one of my least favorite parts of this movie. Uh, there are three. Um, firstly, I mean, there are several times where you think Rocket has died throughout the movie. Uh, and the main one being like towards the end where like life support has failed him and like the, the code, the key code that they get to, um, to hack into the trigger that's on his heart, mm-hmm. uh, to save him from like its detonation. It seems to be failing. And so they, they think he's going to die. Um, and then there's another one where Drax gets shot like three times by this massive railgun at Orgo Corp. Um, he's fine. There's like a slow motion, like sad music playing. And I was like, wow, they're really going to kill Drax like partway through this movie. But no, Mantis fine. just like helps him up and he's just like, oh, fine. Yeah. And then there's a fake out with Quill at the end uh, where, you know, calling back to the first and second Guardians where, you know, he gets caught out in space. But Adam Warlock brings him back into you know an atmosphere and Mm. he's okay um so i didn't love the repeated fake out deaths i will say that i think it's one of the few i don't want to say like bad marks but it's one of the things that i didn't love about this movie yeah i'll I'll give it a knock for that Mm -hmm. but i mean i am glad that none of the team died i am surprised that that nobody died Mm -hmm. but if you look at it as kind of like the death of the original team i mean if you look at where everybody is at the end of this movie compared to like the beginning of the guardian saga. Um, and I guess, you know, counting like Nebula and Mantis, who they picked up along the way. Uh, you know, you still have rocket and Groot as part of the, part of the team. Um, and Nebula is like kind of there, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's a much changed character. She's doing her oh, own yeah. thing. Quill is on earth with his grandpa hanging out. Gamora is a totally different version of herself, literally from a different timeline, who's now a Ravager. And, um, like, Drax and Mantis just, like, head out and do their own thing. So, in a way, I mean, I think it was a really good way to show the death of the team without having to say, you know, a final goodbye to any one of these beloved characters. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Yeah. No, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, it's a tough thing because you really don't want to see characters that you know and love die but also like some of the most impactful moments in the mcu has been you know black widow sacrificing herself and uh like aunt may dying in no way home and obviously well obviously i was building up to obviously like tony stark well, it was Iron interesting Man. that you went you know from uh yeah i wasn't going I, in I think chronological order. a little bit more sway in the story than aunt may did i wasn't but. going in chronological order but whatever no. all um, right well you know that it like like some of the most impactful moments in some of these movies are when characters pass away like it adds an emotional weight it adds motivation for the characters um it adds i don't know I'm, I'm blanking out on the word stakes, I guess is just the way to put it. Yeah. Like there's so many mm-hmm. times when you see a villain is about to do their dastardly thing and you're like, it's the MCU. I don't care. I know that nothing's going to happen. Like, like one of the things that people complained about so much in uh, phase one and two was all the fake out deaths of Loki. They're like, how many times is Loki in a doubt? Loki's back. Okay. Every time Loki dies, he's fine. Like what? Like, it's kind of part of his character, so it's kind of okay. But 
like when it happens again and again and again it's like all right come on like you gotta like you gotta stick a landing at some point you know you can't just keep like either just don't fake it out like superheroes are superhuman right they're supposed to be not realistic they're supposed to be like these unachievable goals like the best that we could ever be type of deal and so there's no problem with having them be like invincible and stuff but then don't don't try to like trick us you know like then it just feels right. a little bit cheap um yeah totally agree it's not a big deal um just not necessarily a method of storytelling that i prefer it's like when you i don't know it's like jump scares in a horror movie you know it's just like yeah it gets you a little bit but at the expense of you know at the expense of actually like putting in the effort to develop like something really intimidating you know it's kind of just like a cheap way to get emotions pretty quickly so didn't love that but honestly that and probably the final battle um were my two parts that i didn't like love about it <clears throat> other than that pretty much every part of this movie knocked out of the park i think mm -hmm. like it was amazing that rocket was able to be like the most impactful and probably just considered the main character despite being like in a coma for 95 percent of the movie like <laughs> yep. that's pretty amazing you know like yeah you don't, you don't really expect that um and i thought he and his backstory pretty much carried the movie um oh 100 like everyone else was really good but like this was rocket's movie it could have been called rocket and the guardians like type of thing which obviously they're not going to do that but um yeah his like backstory was wild and i was not expecting it at all um, I wasn't even really expecting backstory. I was expecting a, you know, hunt for Gamora type of thing. And that was not, you know, she was introduced, reintroduced to the team in like 10 seconds. And it was more, you know, obviously about Rocket's backstory. And I think it was great for it, right? It's like, we got to just hop back in. There was not no stakes from um, the Gamora being switched out in the timelines. Like there's definitely stakes and impact that it had, but it's not like they spent the whole movie just like, looking back on the past and wishing that she was still the same type of deal you know yeah it just like hit it how it was moved forward you know worked with the new dynamic and, and i thought it was awesome so yeah let's uh let's talk about the kind of new additions to the roster here um not just the the guardians team but like the the overall um character slate for this movie uh, so firstly, we have the new Gamora, which I I really like that she and Quill didn't end up together at the end of the movie. Um, we have this version of Gamora that is very similar to how she was through most of the first Guardians, where she's just like sick of Quill's nonsense from the start and like takes no crap and just gets stuff done and is this badass and. Quill, the, basically the entire movie is like trying to convince her that, you know, to give them a shot because this other version of her, you know, fell in love with him in the past. And I think I would have been okay if they ended up together, although it probably would have cheapened, uh, you know, the, the moment um, between the original Gamora and Quill in um, Infinity War. Um, but man, I actually really liked that they didn't end up together yeah. um just to show that she is a separate character i mean you know they have the scenes at the end where you know the whole team's hugging after quill gets saved by adam warlock 
and Gamora is the only one who kind of like walks away. Even Warlock gets in on on the group yeah. hug, very awkwardly, which is pretty funny. He's um, doing his but best. She just walks away, like she, you know, Quill states to her earlier in the movie that he knows that she was looking for a family and that earlier her had found found it with with the Guardians, and you know by the end of the movie we see her reuniting with the Ravagers and she's clearly found her family with them this time, which I really liked. Um, I like that they didn't force Quill and Gamora to get back together just because that's how the previous version of her mm-hmm. was. And at the same time, I liked kind of her last line to Quill at the end was, you know, as she's she's leaving, she's like, I bet we were fun, which mm-hmm. was really great because she's not, you know, in love with Quill as he probably would have liked. But by the end of the movie, she sees something in him that, a version of her could have been in love with at one time, which I think was really poignant and just a great way to kind of send her character off. Yeah. Um, I doubt we're going to see much of the Ravagers from this point out, especially with Quill kind of sidelined for who knows how long. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought that was great. Yeah. Uh, Adam Warlock was very hyped coming into this movie and is pro is one of the longest, like, end credit payoffs that we've had in a long time i mean guardians 2 has like five end credit scenes and uh the sovereign cocoon holding adam warlock is one of them and that movie came out in 2017 so this is a six-year payoff so long ago for yeah i mean this is like two whole phases ago three whole phases ago because was guardians 2 guardians 2 2 is phase three because Guardians okay, so 1 two, came so out in phase 2, yeah. Which, granted, two, two, a year and a half of that was, like, COVID year, so it's all a bit warped, but that was when, like, no movies came out, so everything got right. delayed, but but still. Right. Okay, even still. I mean, I really liked him in this movie. Uh, Will Poulter did a great job just being this, like, dumb teenage superhero. Yeah. And I, he's not supposed to be a teenager. No. But, like, his, they, his complete mentality was so just, um, like aloof and hilarious he's just an idiot like the entire time and the sovereign like uh what's her name aisha she explains it to the high evolutionary we can talk about high evolutionary in a minute as well because i loved him i love to hate him i should say um but she taught she's talking to high evolutionary about how they took adam out of his cocoon too early so he's not like mature and it was just hilarious to see him be this complete buffoon the entire time who obviously has these amazing superpowers he basically was like Captain Marvel, like with yeah. you know near invulnerability. He was like shooting blasts out of his hands. I'm sure his powers are you know differ slightly from hers, but yeah, he was just hilarious. I mean that scene where um, the Sovereign are trying to interrogate this guy at uh, one of the Ravagers that they capture at Orgo Corp, um, and she's like, "Show him we mean business," and then Warlock just barbecues the guy they're trying to get information from. And he looks so pleased with himself, and <laughs> Aisha just loses his uh, loses her mind, and she's like, "What do you, I said to, you know, show me me business, not kill him?" And he's like, "Well, what more business could we invent?" And yeah. he's just like so confused by how he did anything wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, it was great. I liked his redemption at the end, even if it was a little um, hastened. I will say, yeah, but. I like I prefer that over, you know, the team having to kill him 
Um, I mean, they couldn't or, have. What the, what could know. they possibly have done to kill him? Like from well, how I his powers were explained, like they, they or you know him just flying into the sun like Icarus. Oh my gosh! Like Don't, even start, but, Don't even start. Don't even start. Yeah, I think that Warlock was a great addition to the team. And, you know, actual addition because he's in the kind of mid-credit scene with the, the new Guardians with Rocket and Groot um, and Kraglin. And, uh, yeah, I just think that <laughs> I we've been waiting a long time for Warlock. Uh, in the comics, he's he has a big role in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline. Mm-hmm. I think he actually has a soul stone in his forehead in the comics. Yep. Um, obviously, the, the movies have gone a different route. Um, so I was... I was entertained by this version of Warlock for sure. He was uh, very well done, and I think it'll be interesting to see how he matures going forward and, and whenever it is the next time we see this team, what kind of growth he's gone through. Yeah. No, he was definitely entertaining. Uh, I mean, I have read the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, um, and he is not at all like he is in that. I don't know how he's generally uh, portrayed in the comics. I don't know what his general... Uh, I don't know situation is um, but that was not really what he was like at all um, but it's okay he was super entertaining like you said he was basically a big child um, who was just I don't know fun to watch um, like he had a lot of funny interactions and they actually like gave a little bit of a reasoning for him as opposed to you know some of the MCU characters who are kind of just become dumb over time because oh dumb funny right like dumb is funny um they're like oh you took him out of his cocoon way too early so um yeah it just had to had me cracking up um i do think they should have done a little bit of a better job like differentiating his power set from captain marvel's um because he looks to be pretty much exactly the same uh like he's basically indestructible he shoots lasers out of his hands and he can fly and like that's captain marvel's thing so um i mean you know you can have crossover like there are some people that are just good at martial arts and have guns like there's plenty of those people in the mcu um so not everyone has to like be completely unique and obviously their personalities are nothing alike so you know they differentiate each other in that way um but i think it would have been cool if they had differentiated him slightly um but other than that um, it seemed like there was such a great opportunity and I thought this were they were going with it um, with Adam Warlock's like redemption because obviously it was pretty clear the whole movie he was going to get redeemed by the end become a good guy join the Guardians um, like he's a guardian in the comics and stuff like that as well um, but the thing for me was I thought that like when his mom Aisha uh, got blown up I was like boom perfect easy easy in right like when she got blown up you were like boom well no no no. like when yeah good one haha like well no when she got blown up it's like there's an instant like okay you killed my mom now i'm gonna take revenge on you like the high evolutionary like boom easy peasy like that's a solid reason that's a solid like backstory like i'm i'm kind of confused why they didn't just do that um as the reasoning for his like turning good um but at the end of the day it's not a big deal it it ended up working out and you know i'm glad that he's going to be a a good guy because i think he'll just interact really well with like there's a lot of really snarky characters and there's some pretty stupid characters 
but he's like kind of just like he's a buffoon but he's not like I don't know. There's a difference between like people that are supposed to be adults acting stupid and someone who's like a child in a human size, like an adult man sized body, you know? Like it's right, a little bit right, it's right. a little bit different. Like some characters just get dumbed down and he's coming in at just like a level of kind of ignorance um that I think will play really well off a lot of the snarky, like sarcastic characters. Um especially when he's just like so much more powerful than them. It's not like he's a comedic relief character who also can't do anything and everyone's like why are you here type like like drax in the last couple movies was just pure comic relief and also didn't even contribute to the team at all and so i think adam warlock is going to be able to be like okay everyone will be able to make fun of him but also understand that he could whoop any of their asses like any (laughs) any given day oh yeah no problem you know so yeah um yeah i I thought he was good i think you know i think it could have been handled slightly differently but overall I thought he was a fun addition and and it, like some people are complaining that he wasn't in the movie for long enough and I'm like kind of but also like this is a send off for the guardians like he would have been cooler in there longer but also you don't want to spend the movie focusing on not one of the original guardians when it's like the guardians send off you know what I mean um right. so I I had no problem with how long like how much screen time he got I thought it was like perfectly appropriate and it gave more time for the rest of the heroes to shine which i had no problem with so yeah yeah totally agree with you i maybe would have liked to see him a little bit more but definitely not at the expense of any screen time for the for the other team members so i was happy with um the way he went i I definitely agree with you that i think he could have had some more motivation to join the guardians um through the death of his mom especially you know giving quill is a member of the team and, you know, has lost both parents and his, you know, losing his mom is kind of what was the driving incident in getting him, you know, to be caught up with the Ravagers and, um, you know, have his whole life changed from the start of uh, the first movie. So, um, yeah, I think that could have been done slightly better, but overall not really many complaints about Adam Warlock. Um, now let's get to the film's real antagonist because this is one of Marvel's best villains in a while. I mean, their best one since Thanos, in my opinion. I like Green Goblin a lot, but I mean, High Evolutionary was just on a different level mm. of hateability. Um, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the actor's name because I will completely butcher it. Uh, I'm just going to call him Chuck because that's the first half of his name. <laughs> uh, but Chuck did a great job of making this such like a hateable character um i've seen some comments say he was like overacting but i really liked how he like just ate up the scenery every time he was on screen um easy a screenwriters right any kind of writers out there easy way to make your villain just instantly like 10 out of 10 hateable is to just have them abuse animals like cheat code there you go uh i mean like thanos kills half the universe including half of all animals i sleep high evolutionary experiments with cute fluffy ones i rage uh yeah he was like so powerful and brilliant and like clearly a force to be reckoned with he had no issues dealing with 90 percent of the threats that came against him except for when the team all fights him at the end and 
Rocket, you know, being one of his creations that actually like outsmarted him, which comes mm-hmm. into play earlier in the movie, um, you know, is ready for his powers and can kind of work around them with his uh, gravity technology. So, um, high evolutionary man, what a psychopath! Yeah. Like the idea that he could create a utopia through like genetic perfection and has just you know raised and leveled countless societies over however many years he's been doing this stuff is just an insane concept like they are really just like an ant farm to him where he is you know trying to create this perfect society this utopia and you know there are obviously going to be flaws because he's he's not a perfect being trying to create anything perfect and like that just is a wild wild motivation for a villain and man he was just like so well done i thought high evolutionary is i think basically instantly in my top five marvel villains although i'd have to probably think about that a little bit more more than than Uh, where the other four would go Malekith's a dark elf though definitely more than Malekith is probably (laughs) bottom one i would say uh she's Malekith is down there with drakov from black widow um but yeah, High Evolutionary I thought was great. Um, I also love that they kept him alive at the end. I mean, did they? Uh, not that. Yeah, I guess oh, if yeah. it happens, I guess well, if it okay, doesn't so happen, this is on one more screen, thing that I... didn't happen. But his whole ship got nuked, bro. There's no shot. Okay, they're good. They might okay, bring him well, back. Well, that's fair. But in all logically consistent ways, there's no chance that anybody would have survived that. Unless you're like a Captain Marvel type. Yeah, and I'm, I'm fine with them not bringing him back, to be honest. Like, I think he served his purpose in this movie. Um, so I don't want to necessarily see him as a recurring villain. Um, but actually, yeah, I'll talk about that for a sec, because that's one cliche that I don't really love. Is like, the the Guardians, like, blast their way through the high evolutionary ship, which was awesome, by the oh, way. Yeah. That ship was crazy big. And that hallway fight so scene sick. with the whole team, that long take set to um, No Sleep Till Brooklyn by the Beastie so Boys so good. was one of the best scenes yeah. in the entire trilogy. I still have a soft spot for Yandu's arrow scene in um, Volume 2. Probably a big factor yeah. why I like that movie so much. Um, but, yeah, that scene was awesome. To just, I mean, it, if it were not for like the guards' blood being yellow, that movie would have got an R rating easily because they just absolutely eviscerated these guards on their way to the high evolutionary but then you know rocket has him down they like peel his face off to reveal like the 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 muscle and the the bone beneath as rocket had like seriously scarred him years ago when he escaped the first time and he they like reveal his true ugly self as you know being that just feigns perfection which i thought was really well done but then rocket you know has him dead to rights and decides not to yeah. kill him because, you know, heroes aren't going to stoop to that level uh, when they just killed, like, a thousand guards on the way in. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that cliche sometimes where, like, the heroes will have no problem just murdering countless henchmen on their way to the big boss. But they're like, I'm not going to be like you. If I kill you, that makes me like you. And I'm like, well, well especially no, Especially because, really. like, when they tried to do the... um the heist in the middle where they stole the record, like Rocket's, Rocket's records, right, to find out 
how they could get his codes and whatever. They did that heist of the of the company. They went in saying like we're not going to kill anybody. And there was a joke where like we're going to kill nobody. And Drax is like, well, some people. And they're like, no, nobody. And he's like, well, maybe one dude that nobody cares about. And they're like, now it's just sad, right? <laughs> that was a that was a funny line. That was hilarious. That was line. a great but, joke. But like they overemphasized. They're like, we're not even going to kill henchmen. We're not going to kill nobodies. We're going to like we don't kill people because we're the heroes. And then when they get into the ship later. They're just straight slicing dudes in half. And it's like, what, what happened yeah. to that philosophy? Like, oh my gosh, Bat- Batman. Well, I think those are two different I'd, scenarios. I don't really have a problem with the dichotomy I mean, there because... I do. They have two different goals in each of those scenarios, right? So the, the first one, they're, like, they're on a time crunch. They're trying to get the, the passcode to Rocket's like heart trigger as soon as possible and get out. And if they, you know just going guns blazing they're probably not going to make it out and then well no that was a moral thing that wasn't like a a strategy thing that was like a we don't kill people well also but also like they have no beef with this corporation necessarily like this is just a big you know company out in the middle of space and this you know finale sequence is on the high evolutionary ship with you know fighters that are loyal to him who has like been and at this point they've seen like in rocket's file like the backstory for themselves and they've seen all the horrible things that was that were done to him and so i think they have a little bit different mindset from that point yeah i don't know uh, so i didn't mind the change from the orgo corp to the high evolutionary ship but yeah to just then be like uh, actually we're not going to kill the high evolutionary i'm like eh. yeah but why though? Like you should absolutely yeah. just blow this guy's face off. Like it reminded me of, um, well, not reminded me because it didn't happen this way. But it, it I was, I was reminded of uh, the first Deadpool movie where um, Deadpool has uh, Ajax like on the ground and he's beating him, and Colossus is giving like this monologue about how you know Deadpool can choose to be a hero and he can choose to be better. And in the middle of his sentence, like Deadpool just blows Ajax's brains out all over the ground, <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, thank you. That's what you should have done. Like, this person will cause like countless more hurt if you just let oh. him live. And it, you know, it remains to be seen if he survived the explosion. But like, why not just ice this fool? Especially when it's on a technicality. Like, it's like the Batman Begins thing. It's like I'm not gonna kill you, but I don't have to save you. It's like you're just you're killing him. That's it's the same thing. Like stop. Yeah, by not saving like, him, stop. you're still killing stop. him. Like right? you're killing yeah. him. Like don't. Like it's. I guess it's the trolley problem technically, but it's like. It's not like there's, it all. Alter- I don't know. It's it's such a technicality, and it's like oh, I technically keep the mo- high the the moral high ground by, just allowing you to be in this exploding ship and probably die from like shrapnel to the face and burns over like. <laughs> Right. 10 minutes rather than me right. just like blowing your head off now it's like what what is that like come on yeah but it you know it is what it is they had to make yeah, it exactly it still shows some like you know character growth for rocket and stuff like that um that he's able to like hold back even after like this is probably the guy that he's hated more than anybody um in his life and stuff like that oh, yeah. so but it shows some growth and i get why it's in there but it still is like this is kind of silly Especially because we've all, like, hated this yeah. guy so much all movie. We're like, just kill him. Stop. Like, oh, my gosh. But, um, but yeah. Yeah. It would have been very cathartic to see Rocket just, like, blast yeah. this dude in the face. But, but, but it is what it is. And here, um, here's, like, 
you, you said like notes for for screenwriters like if you want to make someone hateable just have them torture animals basically another note for people writing villains show their villainous stuff villainous activity on screen <clears throat> at, at gore the, the god, god butcher. butcher at um kang the conqueror like the last few movies it's like the villain does all of his villainy stuff off screen and we hear characters say oh he's so powerful you'll never defeat him oh the villain's like oh i've killed hundreds of you kang is like oh i've killed so many avengers which one were you are you the guy with the hammer ha 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 it's like it doesn't mean anything it 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 is no intimidation factor it doesn't do anything when we don't see it like our imaginations are really not that good like the reason we hate thanos like we hear that he's wiped out planets but like the the part about uh, infinity war that makes us hate thanos is not the fact that he comes in having wiped out xandar like he just killed an entire planet and like we don't really care right but when he kills loki on screen when he kills um like when he beats up hulk on screen uh when he kills heimdall on screen when he kills gamora on sc- like all these super obvious things that he does like in the in the flashback with gamora when she's a child and we see him not by his own hand but we see his army like kill literally half of her civilization like seeing these things on screen is what makes us hate them because we can actually see it we can empathize more with the people that are being victimized we can like have a much more solid grasp on what they're doing and so with the high evolutionary we see him torturing these animals we see him like doing surgery on rocket like it was pretty graphic i was kind of surprised that it was in like an mcu pg-13 movie but we see the effects we see like uh, it's not just like rocket saying oh he was so scary like we we get a little bit of that we get some like the oh you don't even know who the high evolutionary is from gamora she's like he's so powerful you'll never defeat him like a classic line right but we actually like see his powers we see him doing his evil things we see the people that he's created and we see him like blow them all up because he leaves like the whole planet or the counter earth he just nukes the whole planet and like we see all this stuff that makes us hate him as opposed to like gore the god butcher who just like we see one dead god off screen and then he like kidnaps some kids that we don't know anything about it's like who really cares you know like if, if all we hear about villains is from what the characters say but we never see any of it. Like, we don't care. We don't know anything about them. And so that was part of what made the High Evolutionary so good. Like, yeah, he was defeated kind of easily at the end. Um, but it was a setup and a payoff of Rocket being more intelligent than him, right? Um, but even with that, like, even if you say he was defeated too easily, like, he was built up so much better than a lot of these recent villains. Because we just see him do villainous things and things that make us actively hate him. Like, I don't understand when they have villains just do all of their evil stuff off screen. Then they come and say, ha ha, I'm so evil. And they get beat up. It's like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, like who cares? Like, that was part of what made Kang such a big disappointment for me in Quantumania. Because we just keep hearing, oh, he killed our whole civilization and made us move. Like, he's a conqueror. He conquers. We see, um, I'm totally forgetting Michelle Pfeiffer's (laughs) character's name, Janet. Janet. We hear Janet, like she looks like in his mind and sees entire timelines wiped out, but we don't actually like, we see like two seconds of it and we can't even 
catch a good idea of what it actually was like. Like we don't have any characters that he kills specifically that we can empathize with, stuff like that. And so then it just means he's a bad guy with lasers who yells, ah, laser, 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 I'm going to kill you all. It's like, cool. Bad guy number 745, right. who cares, right? So like high evolutionary, mm-hmm. definitely a next level, like hateable, really well fleshed out, like unique motivation. Like, yeah, I, I, I thought he knocked it out of the park. Um, so yeah, totally. Yeah. And they even interesting another point to add on about like showing uh power levels like even from one of his first scenes on I think it might have been his first scene on screen um you know this is after warlock just comes flying through nowhere and just basically toasts the guardians like one at a time and they are clearly no match for him until you know nebula stabs him from behind while he's not paying attention but until then he's like folding every single one of them without any effort um, and then, you know, it cuts back to him, like receiving medical attention and high evolution, like handles warlock with zero effort whatsoever. Like gravity presses him into the wall and like, you know, is, is crumbling the walls around him with barely a, like not even a sweat. And that I think is a really good way to show power level and, that kind of gets overused sometimes. Uh, I think that's kind of a bad trope in like Star Trek. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Star Trek, but I've heard that, um, you know, the character Worf kind of exists at, at a point in the uh, the story to like basically get beat up by the villains to show how powerful they are. So I don't like when it's overdone, but I thought it was, it was definitely well done um, in this scene. Uh, I think that's happened with Hulk in the comics as well where you know somebody will beat up hulk just to you know show how strong they are um other characters have gotten similar treatment in the past so as long as it's not like the same character just getting beat up like a character we know is strong getting beat up to show that you know we have to take this villain seriously because they're you know look how much stronger they are than Mm -hmm. x character and we knew x character was strong um but when it's done you know well like in this movie i think it it can really yeah. hammer the point home absolutely um but yeah i mean let's uh let's wrap up here with discussion about rocket's backstory because yeah. man what a tragic yeah. character uh and these are you know the real stars of the excuse me <clears throat> and these are the real stars uh, as far as the new addition to the cast goes even though they you know obviously aren't going to be along for any more movies because spoiler they alert did. they <laughs> did not make it um lila teefs and floor oh oh no also dude. known so heartbreaking the whole red well, i was gonna say also known as there. the cast of toy story one <laughs> but <laughs> oh yeah seriously i got huge toy oh story one vibes like when buzz and woody get um trapped in sid's room and they meet all these crazy yep. contraptions that he has created. Which, by the way, I think Sid gets a lot of flack. I mean, obviously we are seeing the toy, the, the story from the toy's perspective. So it makes sense that they're afraid of him for, um, you know, being 
somebody yeah. that they view as like a monster who like mutilates toys. But like he's just a kid expressing yeah. his imagination, and he doesn't know the toys yeah. are alive. Like how, if he knew they had feelings, I'm sure he would, would be acting differently. But he just sees yeah. them as like he's like what playthings. eight years old, he maybe gets, he's, if even. <laughs> yeah, he's just a kid who's like ha- clearly has a terrible household that he's living in. So he's keeping himself busy yeah. by you know letting his imagination run wild yeah. on his toys and he like creates some pretty yeah, interesting i mean stuff. it's not nice of him to like uh, ruin his sister's toys but all the ones that are just his like right go t- go to town dude like have fun be- the dude's gonna grow up and be right. an engineer or something they you know? traumatize him when they like come alive when he doesn't yeah. when he's about to set uh like buzz into space and he like like Woody just starts talking to him, and all the toys start moving towards him. Dude was probably like his therapy yeah. for years after that. Woody, the real uh, villain of toys. But like, <laughs> seriously, and Sid gets yeah, too much sure. flack. Anyways, um, yeah, especially Floor the rabbit. Um, definitely got big like baby head from Toy Story oh vibes from her, where she has like these mechanical spider legs, um, instead of you know her her normal rabbit legs. Lila has like the like robotic arms um, instead of her little otter paws, and Atif's has his like and his eyes are like mechanical too. Uh, like yeah, I mean oh like what a heartbreaking yeah. backstory for Rocket. Like these are this whole crew is like the uh, group eighty nine uh, of test subjects for the high evolutionary and. Rocket is really the only one of value to him because Rocket ends up being like smarter than him and figuring out a problem that he has with his genetic modification. And that's why the high evolutionary is seeking after Rocket um, for the following, you know, mm-hmm. rest of the movie. Um, but man, yeah. like just seeing these characters and the connection they build in captivity and how they all become friends after just a lifetime of suffering and torture and the hope that they bring to each other with the, the dream of escaping in their life um, in the new world that the high evolutionary has planned. And then to just see it all ripped away in a heartbeat is just devastating. Oh my gosh. Shattering. Yeah. I not ashamed to say I, you know, tears came to my eyes multiple times throughout this movie. Like this was gut wrenching yeah. to watch. And Another reason why I was surprised at a PG-13 yeah. rating. Um, this was very dark and heavy stuff. Probably the most emotional the MCU has got in a long, long time. Um, I mean, we have had Wakanda Forever and you know Aunt May's death and No Way Home. And I think I probably still put like an actual person dying over you know, animal, yeah. animals. But maybe that's the point of this movie. Like, they you know, end up planning to save uh all the humans from the high evolutionary ship at the end but then they like go back for all the animals and now nowhere is like a noah's ark yeah. floating in space um so maybe their animals are important too i'm not saying that um but man it's been a long time since we've had something like this dark and seriously messed up stuff yeah. in the mcu like, it's not like his friends just die either, right? It's like they were friends through trauma. No, they get well, they, they murdered in front of him. But even before crazy. that, like, like just friends through trauma and, like, being tortured and tested and on and, like, kept in a cage where they don't even know what the sky is. Like, Rocket's the only one that gets shown the sky. 
and they just like think that the ceiling is the sky and it's just like oh my goodness this is so <laughs> so terrible and just oh my goodness just absolutely brutal absolutely brutal and floor yeah. has like the it's like the jigsaw killer like jaw clamp it's just like oh my gosh these these poor animals and and of course they get like fun and happy personalities too it's like like you remember the uh the happy tree friends the cartoon <laughs> it's oh, like yeah. it's so much oh, worse yeah. because do i remember happy yeah. that was an era of youtube yeah. back in the day it's like happy it's, tree friends. it's, Holy it's so much worse because they're all happy-go-lucky and everything right and they like have that hope and they they're still happy in this in this despite of their circumstances and um man just to have them just i mean you know because it's his backstory and we haven't heard of them or seen them like you know that they're not making it out the whole time and so every scene that they pop up you're just like oh boy like i don't want to get more attached to these characters because there's no chance they're making it to the end of the movie and uh and they didn't and yeah oh it was tough um it was so tough. I think for me, like they're still animals at the end of the day. Um, like for me, the part that got more, me more emotional was when Star-Lord um, went back and saw his grandfather and his grandfather just like instantly recognized him, even despite it being what, 35, 40 years, however long it's technically supposed to be. 40 Is years. Is Quill 50? Um, Are you 50, Peter? <laughs> um, but that was the part that got brought a tear to my eye. Like his, him just hugging his grandpa um i thought that was super awesome and and that was another thing that i think if he and gamora had ended up back together he would not have gone back home so like for his sake and his grandfather's sake i think that was a reason to kind of circle back to what you had said about being glad that he and gamora didn't end up back together i think that this was the only way that he was going to go back um, and just like enjoy a peaceful life like with the only real family outside of mantis that that he has um so mm-hmm. I think that was really awesome. And that was the part that got me teared up more than the animals, even though that was like super, super sad. Um, but the thing for me with the animals too, was like rocket sees them in, in the afterlife, which I, I guess you just, the argument is like, it's just his memory of them. There's not the There's actual, animal. Heaven no, in the but MCU. in the afterlife, they all still have their like mutilated, half mechanical bodies i'm like what is that why did they don't get like a healed body or like anything like that and like okay uh, yeah well, that's obviously how rocket, it's how rocket remembers, remembers them, them you know? and everything but it's like it's like yeah it still would have been nice to see them like fully healed and everything and be like it's like it's just like a little bit more peace of mind right to be like hey rocket we know that you like blame yourself for this but we're really like we're okay we're doing better than ever like type of deal like don't blame yourself for this like look i'm fully healed type of thing um, but you know, it was how he remembered them. It, he wasn't actually seeing them and stuff. So I get that explanation, but still I'm like, that's kind of rough if that, if, <laughs> if that is the case. Yeah. It's like, it's like Jane Foster gets to have, or gets to Valhalla. It's like, Oh, sorry. Still got cancer. Sucks for you. Like, you know, it's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh. This, yeah. It's like, come on. You got to get healed when you, you got to get healed. Oh, when you go to that's come funny. On. Like, what's that? What is that? Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought that afterlife sequence was really touching as well. Um, when you know we think Rocket's really gonna kick the bucket there, and um, you know he sees all his friends, and this was just like another heart wrenching scene. Like he feels so guilty for the way that they died because he was the one trying to like get them to escape, even though they would have like been incinerated by High Evolutionary anyways. Like 
they got shot because he let them out and they were trying to to escape in his mind and he's like asking permission to like join them in the afterlife and they're like of course you can come with us like don't be silly like the guilt that he feels there was just like overpowering and he's clearly carried that for his whole life from that moment on um and that then led to the scene where you know he gets brought back uh to life and you know lila like stops him and she's like but you can't come yet because there's still work to do you still have a purpose and oh that was just so well done i thought that was really well done and I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about how touching that moment was, to be honest. I never thought that an animated otter and raccoon would just tug at the heartstrings the way they did. But, man, James Gunn, you got me. You're uncanceled from our last episode. You're back on. We don't want your job. You're doing fantastic. It's the uh, the most emotional an otter and rat interacting will get until the Root movie comes out. You see that? Uh, the article for that? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that. Most people listening have well, no clue. Yeah, let's uh, <laughs> uh Well let's let's wrap it up here because I think yeah. we've touched on pretty yeah. much all the major points of the movie unless we're gonna go through scene by scene. But um the one last thing I want to touch on is as the team is saying goodbye at the end and they all go their separate ways, we actually get a new line from Groot, which is not really a new line. But yeah. the meaning behind it was fantastic, yeah. I thought. I, I um, didn't like it that much, to be the honest. The team is... Okay, well, you are just a thief of joy. <laughs> Sorry. Then, uh, because Groot, we finally, you know, don't hear something other than I am Groot or we are Groot. And he says, I love you guys. Which, here's my interpretation prior to it getting confirmed. And this has been confirmed by James Gunn after the fact as well so this is really what is happening and it parallels what happens in the story with Gamora as well um, as this is a Gamora that has not been with the team for long at all she has very limited interaction with Groot and she has no idea what he's saying throughout the entire movie until one of the last scenes where he says I am Groot to her and then she just instinctively responds as if he had said something normal and then realizes that she's spent enough time with him to, uh, you know, get what he's saying. And you're shaking no, your I, head. I know where right this is now, going. But I am going to finish. I'm going to finish. You're silly. This is great. Um, and so Groot saying I love you guys at the end is not him saying mm -hmm. something new. You know, he's still saying I am Groot. But we, the audience, have now spent enough time with Groot over you know, his three movies and, and appearances in Infinity War and Endgame and Love and Thunder to understand him. And we're now part of the Guardians yeah. family as well. I thought that was yeah. really well done and oh, a nice get it. bow on get the trilogy. It. Yeah. Listen, okay. Well, don't, you're don't just, let me rain in your parade. It's, it's cool. It's very cool. You're raining. It's pouring yeah. right now. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool. I, I get it. I think it's fine. I, think I it's thought it was cute. cool. You know, it's fun. It just uh, it just leaves me questioning like what happens when he comes back again, right? Is he just going to be fully talking, or is he going to be back to I am Groot? Because then, you know, because he he'll be back, right? So it's just like that's the part for me that I'm just like okay, for looking forward, what does that mean for him and how he talks? I would hope that he just goes back yeah. to I am Groot because firstly it's funny, and secondly, 
I imagine next time we'll see him, they'll be interacting with other characters who yeah. aren't part of the Guardians team. And so it would make much more sense for him to be, yeah. you know, just saying, I am Groot, and yeah. I'm not understanding in that moment. So that would be my take. Um, don't wanna but, make, you don't want to make Vin yeah. Diesel work too hard for his paycheck, right? <laughs> right. Dude has the He's easiest too busy working on uh, of all time. 11, or I guess 10 part two or whatever the heck is because ten's coming out in like a week dude. yeah i'm hype um wait there was one more th- one more yeah, thing uh well two more things one is that the the team is now split up right nobody died um we, we get confirmation mm-hmm. at the end that star lord's gonna return um i just suspect that everyone will return at one point or another because nebula and drax end up just staying at nowhere to watch everybody which is like that means they're just kind of on the bench and will come back in later. Um, I thought Nebula like stole the show in this movie, by the way. Um, we, oh we, yeah, we, we barely really talked time about to talk her, about her, but Nebula was awesome. Nebula just gets better every time she shows up. I think she's great. Um, you know, Mantis just kind of out of nowhere decides that she wants to go do her own thing. I don't know if the actress's contract is up or what, but Mantis is one of those characters that like, I'm fine if she shows up or fine if she doesn't she's like she's cool yeah, but i could give her whatever. take mantis um and then and then the rest of the team you know rocket groot adam warlock uh cosmo cosmo craglin. craglin and now this new child who apparently like can speak english now and i think they were also supposed to like the perfect people were supposed to be bred to be non-violent so either the high evolutionary didn't do a good job or this new girl that's gonna be in the guardians is also non-violent i don't know there's so many kids just showing up like every single new movie has introduced a new kid hero and i'm like whatever kids sure whatever <laughs> i'm sure the kids are happy about it kid yeah. fans of the mc are happy about it i couldn't care less um but you know the team's all split up but in a way that makes it very easy for them to all get back together like the only one that seemed like an actual retirement was star lord and he's the one that we get the concrete confirmation like the legendary star lord will return so everyone else seems to be just like yeah. in the wings waiting um again we might not see them all fully together um just by themselves as a team but we'll certainly see them in other things um but the other th- the burning question that i had in my mind which might be answered very quickly depending when at the end of guardians of the galaxy one root uh, Groot gets blown up and it takes like four full movies <laughs> for him to grow back to normal size. <laughs> in this movie, he gets blown up in the first like five minutes, and within the next scene, he's instantly full size again. I'm like, was he just chilling? Like, I mean, clearly the answer is that Disney just wants to sell toys of Groot that are all sizes, right? They want to sell baby Groot, they want to sell like adolescent and teenage Groot. Like, they have so many more toy opportunities. That's why he has a new design in this one, why he's, like, bulky and tanky instead of being the the tall, lanky Groot that we know from the first one. But, like, is there a... Yeah, no, he's been, he's been working. Groot's the, been bench-pressing a little bit. The dude's piling on <laughs> the like protein shakes. But, like, is there a reason why he just, like, was able to grow back so quickly as opposed to it taking so long other than just Disney wanting to sell more toys and... You know, like, is there an in-world reason or is it purely just, like, outside-of-world stuff? Because I'm like, if he just heals back that fast, I guess um, his head didn't blow up, so maybe, like, his hmm. head makes his healing faster, strong, factor stronger or something. But that seems 
a silly answer to me, you know? I don't know. Yeah, it's always been weird because we've seen Groot, like, stretch his limbs yeah. and grow in every single movie. So, like, I never understood why it took him so long to, like, get yeah. back to a certain size. But I yeah. don't care okay. at all. He's a tree. And he grows repeatedly movie, throughout this movie. he grows, like, so, like, three times his size in, like, you know, multiple scenes. Yeah, kaiju mode yeah, was true. hilarious. Uh, the scene where he used, like, 15 guns was Oh, that was, was awesome. so fun, too. Oh, um, my gosh. And then his his build in the mid credit scene where he's just like a Jaeger essentially from Pacific Rim was like and he can awesome. now fall with style. This movie is literally Toy Story he One. He can fly. It's literally yeah. Toy Story oh, One. Man. He's falling with style. We got Sid's toy collection. It's a wrap. It's, it's the, the same, same story. story. James Gunn, you're canceling again. <laughs> you just ripped off Toy can't Story. Can't wait to get something original. I can't wait for it, Batman but... to meet Stinky Pete in the new DC. <laughs> Zerg is uh, is yeah. taking Zod's place. Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, uh, man. Oh, dude, we didn't even talk about we didn't talk uh, about Nebula that much. I loved her. We didn't talk about Cosmo. Not technically a new addition. We do see Cosmo in the first Guardians in the Collector's and then in the Vault and Christmas then, special. Um, in the yep. holiday special. Yep. Uh, I can't remember if we see her in two, but I don't think so. Maybe in an end credit scene with Howard mm-hmm. the Duck. Uh. I could be, I'm probably wrong about that though. And then, yeah, she was great. She is a good, good dog, very strong telekinetic powers. And, uh, yeah, I hope we see yeah. more Cosmo. Agreed. So yeah, but this movie, I mean, rating it at the end here, I got to give it like a nine out of 10. Yeah. This movie was yeah, great. No, I'm, I'm going, I'm right around with, there with you. Maybe a nine one, which might be the first time I ever gave a higher rating mm-hmm. than you did. Uh, I mean, I'll All give right. it a nine hey, two then. Whatever. Nine one nine two. We'll stay consistent. <laughs> nine two. Nine two one. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. Uh, Great anyways, movie. Well, that's gonna wrap Great it up movie. our discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. If you haven't seen it and you made it this far, Bummer. we just spoiled basically the whole movie for you. So what are you doing? Um, but yeah, I gotta go see this again before yep. it gets out of theaters. It was definitely worth seeing on the big screen. Big screen, big sound, a soundtrack again, killer for yep. this movie, and uh, yeah, I'll I'll have to think long and hard about where precisely I'm going to put it on my rankings list, but this is going up high for yep. me for sure, Agreed. for Agreed. sure. And if you haven't had a chance yet, go ahead over to CT Tax Collectors YouTube. The link is down below. Uh, we've been doing audio coverage commentary of uh, uh, an NBA top 75 of all time one-on-one tournament it's super high stakes super if you love basketball you're gonna love it uh just go check it out we're having a lot of fun with that side project so shout out to nate gets yes sir but we are gonna take a week vacation in yes, puerto sir. rico and uh we'll be back to talk about probably fast probably. and furious the week after that if we can both get yeah to, we'll uh, see if we get hopefully we can see it in puerto rico table. but if not then we'll have like a couple days when we get back so we'll see hopefully yeah but if not we'll talk about that the the following episode so yeah but we're both excited for that movie so uh, i'm so hype oh my gosh especially i can't wait to see groot driving cars in space dude it's gonna be sick (laughs) it's gonna be sick but yeah Uh, we will uh catch y'all in the next one all right deuces peace